Hello, friends, and welcome to Coach Cuts Corner. Streaming bright from Michigan's capital city, this podcast is dedicated to helping you better understand the who, the what, and the why of mental performance, personal growth, and Lansing Stars baseball. Coach Cuts Corner, brought to you by iWash. In collaboration with Lansing Community College. And now here's your host, Stephen Cutter. Welcome back to Coach Cuts Corner. Today I'm joined in studio with Elijah Boyer and some very famous KCS Angels. Pauly, an executive director and founder of the KCS Angels, Tracy Smith. Pauly, you've been waiting a long time to get on this show yeah. or what? Yeah. I figured. I've been missing you. I know, man. Yeah. You missing the boys? Yeah. You pretty excited to see him soon? Yep. All right. Tracy, kindness, courage, strength, that's that's the KCS, what it stands for in your mission is that people with disabilities will enjoy safe, therapeutic, recreation, physical activity, and life skills in a very inclusive environment. Mm -hmm. You started this with some really humble beginnings. You want to talk about how this all started? I think it's still pretty humble. I believe it's grown um, immensely. We started in 22, Lansing Parks and Rec Geyer. And it's been pretty amazing. I had four people in a 12 by 15 office in a card table. Mm -hmm. And now I just signed our third year lease. So going into 24 with 37 people and we pretty much took over the whole building. Mm -hmm. Why did you feel that the, the need was there? Oh, the need is huge. And we will never touch everyone mm -hmm. in their in the spaces that they need to be. Um, after the CMH programs closed down. Which was about when? Uh, 19. 2019. And then yeah. COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And then everyone was kind of scattered and sitting on their couches, okay. doing much of nothing. Um, and unfortunately mm -hmm. for our population that we reach, their cognitive will go backwards. So okay. whatever they have, wow. like there's nothing stimulating, so they don't have the... Right. The stimulation of the day stuff. So we, um, after my brother-in-law passed away in 21, he made me promise I wouldn't let it die. So okay. I said, yeah, all right, what have I got to do now? <laughs> and to watch them come in, even the few that we had to begin with were still very shy and very quiet and very, I don't know what to do now. And within a matter of what seems like minutes, bam, there's all their personalities and they're doing really well. Almost everyone in the center's favorite thing is Friday. And you know why. We'll, so. we'll get into that we'll in a little bit. Yep. I think you rarely climb the mountain of success alone. And Absolutely. You, you need a lot of help and you need a lot of people pulling on the rope for you. And, mm -hmm. you know, us being a part of your program for a while now, I see that you've got a lot of support and a lot of people, but oh yeah, that doesn't mean that you don't need more. And absolutely, you know, there's there's a large large need there. Polly, do you like it when the boys come to see you? Yeah, I've heard. I love all of the <laughs> Yeah, and I know you 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 enjoy them, but I've heard stories. I want to know if it's true. Are you when the boys come to see you? Are you going out to the parking lot to meet them? Yeah. Well, that's crazy. 
You probably wait a long time to see them. Yep. What's your favorite thing to do with the boys? Boy, hi. How are you doing? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. You do you do ask them how you doing? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I've seen you, you. You like to play a lot of kickball. Yeah. A little bit of basketball. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, you you just really keep them busy and keep them sweating and running around. <laughs> and a lot of the times when I'm there and it's lunchtime, you don't want to go eat lunch. You want to keep <laughs> playing with the boys. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Graham Couch from the Lansing State Journal wrote a nice piece about our relationship this summer. I think it was mm -hmm. in June. Tracy, do you remember when all of this started? Did you have any reservations or did you know no. it was going to be like this? I wouldn't, I didn't know it was going to be like this, but when Woody came down and said, Hey, you know, this happened and you know, it's up to you. It's totally up to you. And then when he suggested that you guys start coming in, I thought it would be neat. And I thought it'd be like a one-time deal and whoever was there would love to have it. And then that automatic instant connection from the team and the angels was palatable. It was so fast and so cool. And then when they kept coming back and everyone got used to that and especially, you know, Polly and a lot of our guys were like, oh, it's Friday. Are they coming? And when I have to say, no, they're on the road, they're like, oh, so it's just having them there. We never know exactly who's coming, but Paul has his favorites. We won't mention names, mm -hmm. but he does. And he did last year. And when they come, he lights up. So <laughs> when I was going to say, when you come in, he's like, oh, the coach is here. And he just, you know, and they all do. They all like it. But it was it was really a very innocent conversation, I think, that started this whole thing. It is. And I, I remember at least through part of the process, I was pretty adamant about not taking pictures or not not doing any of it. And at the core of it was we were, we were just trying to get our players to be selfless and understand what that looks like sure. and not do things for recognition. But I didn't listen yeah. very well. <laughs> it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to bolster LCC and, and the guys, it was look what we all did together. Mm -hmm. Right. So it wasn't just a, you know, KCS got these guys or these guys got the, it was like, look at the whole team. They just, and when you're there, when the boys are there, they're part of our team and we're part of their team. And it's, there's nothing there. It's like very cohesive. So for me to break a few of your rules, I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. but yeah, it, it just know. somewhat became too large not to share. Absolutely. And, and so that's kind of where we are. And, you know, we had, um, you know, a nice story written by Graham and there's more stories yet to come. Oh, and I'm I, certain. I know um, Friday you'll have some people visiting to document some stuff as well when the boys are there. So what's what's some of your bigger needs that you have with what you're doing for Volunteers, people just coming in, whether it's to sit down and play a board game or paint or get people to sit. No, I mean paint like, oh, yeah, because this whole team last year came in and whitewashed the entire game room. That is no small feat. They primed it for us to paint. One of the coolest things, like I'm not quiet at all. And one of the things that hit me the most profoundly is I walked in like, hey, guys, and they all went, shh. 
and they talk to each other for an hour without using their words at all. And I'm like, wow, you guys have no idea. I do that every day. Mm-hmm. And to see that camaraderie, and they just, it was amazing. So it's kind of like they came in and they they took that, and I'm still waiting for more people to like, people say, oh, what do you need? I need people. I need you to come in and hang out with us. That's it. It's, and that's really not that, you know, intrusive or a, a big deal. You you can literally come in and, and play a game or, you know, do a crossword puzzle mm-hmm. or shoot some hoops or, you know, kick the ball with Polly, even though he <laughs> kicks it really hard. Really and, hard. <laughs> and um, or to just sit there and have lunch. You know, Polly and I have had a few lunches together and he usually has better food than what I do. But right. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's it is one of those things. And, and there are a lot of people out there that, you know, are willing to help. They just don't always know that, sure. that there's, sure. there's that. And so you guys are there Monday through Friday, correct? 10 to three, 10 to three. How do um, most of the people arrive to your facility? A lot of them come on Spectran. Okay. On Spectran. So, and that's a huge, if anyone wants to donate Spectran passes, we're more than happy to take them. Okay. Um, it costs $25 a week for a Spectrum pass and that gets you there every day, but it's $25 a week. I noticed like you have food there for, you know, lunches. Mm -hmm. If somebody doesn't have, you know, maybe what Mm -hmm. they didn't pack well or whatever it might be. You have, you fill in stuff, you have Mm -hmm. snack station, (laughs) you've got quite a bit going on. So we opened this store this year, which is really. And what's, what's, what's in the store. So it's the concession stand at the Geyer Community Center, and they let us kind of take it over. There you go. I'm pretty good at that. (laughs) Um, And we started, like, we go to Sam's and purchase whatever, everything from popped Mm -hmm. candy bars to chips, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. and we throw it in the store, and then they come. The angels at 1.45, we had to change the time, um, can come in and for a dollar buy one item so if they have five dollars, they can buy five items. Paulie doesn't bring money a lot, okay. but what he does is he earns it. Okay, so and how's he earn it? He gets to go in and help run the store. So that's you work an, there. He does. Yes, mm-hmm. that's incredible. Um, our gentleman Sanford Cole is yes. like the head of the store kind of yeah. thing. He and then and he he's allows, an incredible artist. Oh as my well. gosh! Yes, yep, I've got him working on a baseball yeah. painting. So do you um, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we. That's I commandeered awesome. him to, hey, to do some. He's good. Do do some work. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, financially or just the the giving of time mm-hmm. is it's what's needed now, and yep. and yep. it's such a special environment when you go in there. It's it's just extremely welcoming, and um, yep. you tend to leave learning a lot more than you really thought you would, <laughs> and and that was you know hundred percent what what I took away from it too. As as we show up. You know, every Friday, unless we happen to be playing or we're right. on the road, we're right. there every Friday and we're there from 10 to, you know, two or depending on when practices and things like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they stay busy and you find them all over the center doing They're, different, yeah. <laughs> different things. And it, it really is special. And speaking of special, last year's baseball team, you know, we were able to get Polly out to a game. And Hunter Lay hit a home run, and after the home run, he gave Polly a big hug. And you remember that, Polly? Yeah. I f- figured you would. But then we had uh, the the specialness of the season just kept going, and we were fortunate enough to go back to the College World Series. And 
And that environment is just incredible. And before games kicked off, because they have opening ceremonies, they have all these different things that they do. And so you're there a few days early. You can practice and do different stuff. I was talking to the ballpark director in Enid, and his name is Bill Mayberry. And I developed a little bit of a relationship with him because our team had went the year before. And he handled all the day-to-day stuff in the ballpark and what was happening. And I mentioned that um, we had some parent groups kind of come together and they had heard about, you know, what the boys were doing with the KCS Angels. And they donated a couple plane tickets for Paulie and his mom to to fly out to Enid, Oklahoma. And there's some really, really cool videos of Paulie walking into the hotel lobby Mm -hmm. and... And then it just it seemed to get better because I, as I was talking to Bill and telling him about this special event and the special person, Polly, coming out to see us in Oklahoma, it, you know, we came up with the idea to throw out the first pitch in our first game. And right. that's something that just doesn't happen out there. That's not something that happens for every game. And it, it doesn't happen for any games. But he made kind of an exception for Polly, and Polly got to throw out the first pitch and threw an absolute strike. And... Do you have a good time out there, Polly? Yeah. Yeah. You know, were you waiting a long time to get out there? Yep. Yeah. Have you flown on a plane before? I've flown on a plane before. Yeah. You, you've done that before? Yeah. Do you get scared when you're in the plane? No. Uh, I, I do a little bit. Elijah, you get a little nervous in the planes? No, not really. I like flying. <laughs> Polly, do you have a favorite animal? Um... <laughs> like uh, like those um little animals that that the animal that barks every time Monday. The animal that barks. Yeah. No, dog. Yes. You like dogs? Yeah. <laughs> I like dogs. Love Elijah's dogs. Elijah's got a big dog. Big dog. Like <laughs> real big dog. It's like this tall. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he should bring it. Yeah. You think he should bring it over to see you? Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be crazy. What kind of dog is it? It's a golden retriever. Oh, okay. His name's Archie. Okay. You guys let dogs come in there? We do. Oh. I have I have a couple of pups that come hang out sometimes. Um, but we do, you know, just let me know if you're going to bring them so I can make, let everybody know they're coming. Okay. Because we have a couple of people that have a slight fear of dogs and need to be introduced. Okay. You know, gently. Um, yeah. But my dog has sunny doesn't like to be in the noise so he hides in the <laughs> office a lot so not really you know archie is a people pleaser so Good. he will uh he would thrive in that situation <laughs> there you go <laughs> tracy what's the future look like for kcs i know it's hard to to look any farther than what today brings or at least i have more of that mindset of not looking too far down the road just right. trying to do a really good job of right now and um do you have any big ideas or goals for the future i know you you brought up a a van for transportation and i think you've been working on some certifications and stuff like that certifications are done yeah so so we are now um autism and sensory friendly certified so which is that was i was like wow okay so we did that um (laughs) i say that so nonchalantly but it was it was a lot of work um and then we did get the grant for the van so Excellent. we have a $50,000 grant, 25000 was matched by, um, I can't say his name, but one of our board members, fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we haven't got the other twenty five yet, but it's coming. Mm-hmm. So as soon as that does, 
we have to spend at least thirty-five to $40,000 on a vehicle. And what will the van provide besides transportation? What would you use it for? So we will use it for things like today. And one of the things coming up next year is we want to get more into the community. Okay. So we will have like a couple of teams of volunteers going out. Our guys will volunteer. Maybe they can come volunteer over here with you. I don't know. That'd be and incredible. We would have um, like we have events. We're going to start some classes with uh, Disability Network in Greater Lansing over on Pennsylvania. And so we'll be able to transport from the center to wherever we're going and back to the center. Wow. And then two, it's going to have a rolling, it's going to be a rolling billboard. Did I tell you that? Yeah. I'm yeah, selling you, advertising yeah. on the van. That's so, um, that's going to be a really special thing. And then you, mm-hmm. you spoke about the autism stuff and, mm-hmm. and I th- think you're working on a sensory room we as are. well, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, next week, or excuse me, the 25th. Um, a lady named Catherine, and I'm not going to go into details, uh, is coming in to help us set up the room nice. and start the room. And then we will go after grants mm-hmm. to pay for the room. But it's, I think it's 12 by 15. Okay. And it'll be a sensory, it'll be all set up with the help of the autism groups. I can't, I can't remember. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. I heard you saying earlier that uh, Polly has some favorite players. He does. Yeah. Who's your favorite players? You and our teams. Oh, all so politically all correct, Polly. I love that. So, Polly, I'm your favorite, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, with you got a Polly, bunch of favorites. Everyone is his favorite. Right. Like, Paul is one of the sweetest people I know. Mm. He drives me crazy really fast. No, he doesn't. Um, but he lives for the moment. Yeah. Right now is all that matters to him. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday or what's coming tomorrow. He's right here. Um, and usually Alec is one of his, like, because he was here last year, he's one of the first that Paul, Alec Blake, um, Eli. Yeah. Polly, what about, do you remember JT? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I've been missing JT. He's not here anymore. You've been missing him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, oh, his name fell out of my head. Noah. Noah, Noah. was yeah. one, him and Polly just had a really crazy relationship i'm i'm pretty certain you'll be seeing noah again I this hope year so, yep. so he's in Polly, town we but. missed him but Polly misses him a lot because he would like yeah. split the team if he saw noah he'd split the team and go and hunter <laughs> but he loves everybody yeah. so do you have a favorite position to play i play all you guys you there can you play go. all the positions yep any are, position are you good yeah are you really good <laughs> yeah Oh. Are you are you better than me? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're gonna have to get this guy for a tryout. Yeah, you got a nice shirt on there, Polly. Yeah. It says what? NJCAA Baseball World Series 2023. Yep. What well, what am I wearing? Baseball club. Yep. That's right. Same thing. <laughs> kind of a little bit interesting is um, I was leaving campus the other day. It was raining, and we've got these big glass windows on our third floor of the Gannon building and I was walking past those glass windows and I knew that we were going to be practicing in our indoor mm-hmm. facility and but I'm looking out and it's raining and most of the people weren't necessarily prepared for the rain and so they were walking really really fast and they had a purpose and they had a pace 
And really, I'll say it again, they had a purpose and a pace. And I started thinking about that. <laughs> if people did that every day instead of just in the rain. And Tracy, watching what you've done, the, the purpose and the pace has just been really special. And the story goes far beyond the stars being a part of it. It was a special story long before that. And part of the reason you're here today is not to necessarily talk so much about the stars, but more to, to shed some light on, you know, the, the purpose and the pace of, of which you've been doing things. So I just really want to thank you for allowing us to be a small, very, very small fraction of, of your environment. It's not small and it's not a fraction. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. So uh, thank you for allowing us on this special journey. I've been blessed with some incredible memories in my time, in my short time here at, at Lansing. Meeting you guys and Polly is by far the, <laughs> the greatest one. Yep. And the impact on our players and our staff has just been incredible. And I know you talked about the impact on the angels, but mm -hmm. on the other side of it, it's just incredible and it's so genuine and it's just a really, really special thing. So how can people find out more information about the KCS angels? Where do they turn to? Oh, well, first let me say watching the team come in the first time they were nervous. They were scared. They were like, Oh, what do we do? Can we break somebody? You know, they were really, and to watch them just pop into that role was amazing. And I think I told many of the boys that I was honored. We actually had a cookout for them in July when they were leaving or May. May. It was in May. Yep. And I gave them all, I didn't bring it, but we had little placards made for them and to watch, to see them who they are. And I can't even imagine where they're going to go. Like they're such great people. So I'm excited to see what happens in the world. As far as getting into KCS, um, you can either email us at kcs.angels at 16 at Gmail. Mm -hmm. You can call the office 517-481-6765. Uh, or the really cool place to find us is on Facebook at okay. the KCS Angels page. Um, we have our webpage up, but all of the videos that you were just talking about, about the fun stuff all last time, it's all on that page. So it's easy to go back and see Polly's first pitch, you know, just from start to finish. I mean, I have a picture on there. I had four people at a card table and it was like, that's one of the pictures. I'm like, oh, that's so cute. But again, I don't look in the future to find out where yeah. we're going. I just, let's one day at a time. Uh, I love that. Elijah, any, anything yeah, being uh, being a new coach and seeing all this for the first time here, um, the first time I heard the guys talking about KCS Angels before I even knew what it was, the energy towards it That's awesome. was just, it was high energy. It was something that they all want to do. There's zero part of it felt forced. I almost thought it was just something that they, the team liked to go do together. I didn't even, oh, didn't even know it awesome. was like a routine, you know, <laughs> and um now it's been pretty eye-opening for me, and I'm excited to make it out there. So. Come visit. Yeah, we're at the Geyer Center uh, five days a week, Monday through Friday, 10 to 3. Just come check us out. But I will give you fair warning. I tell everyone, once you've been kissed by an angel, you never leave. I love we that. We always will be a part of you for the rest of your life. All right, Polly, I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you, coach. <laughs> Until next time, thank you to all of our listeners, Coach Boyer, Tracy, and Pauly, for joining me today <laughs> in the WLNZ studios. Go Stars! 
Coach Cuts Corner is recorded live in the WLNZ studios. Engineering and production assistance are provided by Dedalian Lowry. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it and follow us on all the platforms of social media. You can find more about our program at lccstars.com. And donations to our baseball program can be made at the same site. See you next time. Sharing the voices of Lansing Community College. Visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Lansing Community College Performing Arts features several events and presentations throughout the year. Find more information by visiting lcc.edu slash showinfo. Being a father is an honor, a challenge, a duty, a celebration, and a testimony. I want to be legendary for you because I found everything to live for. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. The Lansing Community College Foundation provides scholarships that make education possible, change students' lives, and uplift our community. The foundation annually accepts scholarship applications from November through January. Learn more at lcc.edu slash scholarships. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. This is Melissa Ford-Luckin. Rosalie Petrowski. Susan, Seraph, and Jess. Editors for the Washington Square Review. Washington Square On Air showcases the poetry and fiction of the latest edition of LCC's literary journal, The Washington Square Review, read by the poets, authors, and editors themselves. Expect the unexpected as our contributors express experience and fantasy with humor, imagination, poetic license, irony, and passion. If you love language at its most original, please join us in our audio town square to celebrate a community of writers spanning from around the world to Lansing. This is Melissa Ford Luckin, editor with the Washington Square Review. I'm here today with Kaylee Burr whose short fiction piece, Seeking Asylum, will be in our upcoming issue. Thanks for joining us today, Kaylee. Hi, thank you for having me. Sure thing. Tell us a little bit about your story. How did you come to write it? So the story that I have is Seeking Asylum, and it's a short story. It's like a psychological thriller with a little bit of romance, and it's a a historical fiction piece. And I wrote it for a class that I took during my second year of college and we would do a lot of workshop courses where we would just write short stories and then the whole class would get together and we would edit them and talk about them and I was in a class with a lot of students that were older than me so I felt kind of pressured to write something that would like maybe knock their socks off or something and I don't know why but I gravitated towards a little bit more of a psychological thriller which is unlike me because growing up I never read anything that was remotely like horror or thriller or anything. Um, But yeah, so I just wanted to try and write a piece that was a little bit different than my classmates and stuff. So I wrote about this girl who's in an insane asylum and we kind of figure out 
how she got there um, through some flashbacks. And then we hear about her present life in the insane asylum. And um, she talks about her roommate in the insane asylum and just kind of like flashes in between like back and forth, the present and the past of like her everyday life now and then her past life before. Yeah, the gradual series of reveals that takes place throughout the story is really compelling and eerie. It expands the story beyond just the setting of where the character is at the time, which is really cool. I know you're a student right now at Ohio State. So when you you mentioned that you wrote this for a workshop class, was that also at Ohio State? Yes. So I'm in the creative writing um, program at Ohio State in their English department, and we do a lot of creative workshop classes. I take, I've taken one pretty much every semester and we just go around and write a couple of flash pieces throughout the semester, typically one to two. Um, and these are small classes. So I haven't had more than maybe like 20 students. And then we all sit around and go over each other's work. And it's been very impactful for me as a writer, especially because in high school and middle school, there were not a lot of like creative writing opportunities to do for like a grade. So this has been really fun to be able to get feedback on my work and kind of analyze it with others. Talk a little bit about the workshop process, because that can be really tricky to navigate, knowing when to incorporate feedback that you get and sometimes when to set it aside. Yeah, each of my professors have done it differently. I would say my favorite way that we've done it um, was this passive semester with my nonfiction writing professor her name is Alyssa Washuda and how she did it is we would like a week or two before it was someone's turn to do their workshop they um, my professor would send out the story to the whole class and we would take notes on it we would annotate it mark it up and then we would have like a letter of feedback and the author would also have the option to write their questions that they have about the piece. Like, was it compelling? How did you feel about um, the sentence structure here? And just like any questions they wanted. So we would go into the workshop knowing kind of like what the author has in mind. But the thing that I liked that Alyssa did was she made it very clear that the author's intentions were like the biggest part of workshop because I remember in past workshops, people would suggest to me like changing one thing or another. And while they would be like great ideas, they didn't necessarily match my intentions for the piece. So I think really keeping the into- the author's intentions like in the center of conversation was something that was very key, especially because I'm primarily a fiction writer. And so transitioning into nonfiction a little bit this year is very vulnerable. So being able to like keep my, um, my intentions at the center of the conversation during workshop has been something that's helped me be a little more open with my class with my writing too. So I'm really interested, you know, you took a creative nonfiction class and you've written fiction before. What from your fiction experience traveled into the creative nonfiction experience? I would say my voice has changed. I try to make my characters very diverse, but I found it was very fun to play around with different voice with nonfiction because I was able to work with like, cause I was talking um, in first person about myself and stuff. So the voice was a more personal, whereas with other characters, I would try and push like a certain narrative with their voice. Um, cause I primarily write in first person. And so that was kind of relaxing to be able to use my own voice and kind of play around with readers and make it a lot more personal for everyone and stuff. So I think that's one thing that really transitioned over. And I really like to do vivid descriptions, which is something that I like to incorporate in my nonfiction writing as well, I would say. Did you feel when you were doing workshop with the other students that your fiction background gave a different perspective 
to the workshop table? Yeah. And sometimes I feel like it hurt me a little bit because it was very hard for me to separate the work from the author because in fiction, we can talk about, oh, why did your character do this? Why did your character do that? But in nonfiction, you're talking about the author in most instances. So it really had to make me think about what the message of the piece was, what the author was trying to communicate, because we weren't working with fictional characters. This was very real life. And it really helped me get to the root of like the emotional impact of things and how what motivates people to do certain things. So that has also helped me, again, with my fiction writing to make it more realistic, like the emotions that drive people and their different thought processes. That's really interesting. With the creative nonfiction, did you do some research into uh, different styles or was that mostly taught in class? We did both. We studied a bunch of different like flash pieces for a few weeks leading like before we did the workshop. But then after that, it was kind of like free for all, like you wrote however you wanted to. Like some people included like poetry in their pieces and some people used quotes. So I'm sure they would have to do a lot of research about different things like that. But because the piece I ended up writing was very like personal to my own life. So I didn't do that much research aside from like typical, like what is nonfiction creative writing? Cause I really had only written fiction. So um, just like besides the basics, I was able to just kind of figure my way around it. That's really interesting. What you were saying about separating the, the character and in, in fiction and separating out the narrator and the creative nonfiction. I think that's really fascinating to think about because the essays can be so much more personal and the writer is so much more exposed, especially if they're writing about their own experience. When you're writing a story, you can tuck your own experience into the characters. So you can kind of hide it a little bit, but you really can't hide it in an essay. I've taken one other nonfiction class um, before during my freshman year of college and I played it very safe with that. I remember I wrote a piece about colors and the type of emotions that colors make me feel because I was afraid to be too vulnerable with my class. But then this past semester, I was like, I need to, um, I need to really immerse myself in this class and be vulnerable. And we would always joke that class was kind of like a therapy session (laughs) because everyone is sharing such personal stories, but it was so nice to get to know everyone on a deeper level like that. And I did really enjoy the experience. I will probably take more nonfiction writing classes because of that. Yeah, the the workshop experience can be very, very personal. I've heard poets say the same thing. But again, like we're saying, it's that the fiction is our stories about other people, not necessarily about us. You were Mm -hmm. kind enough to send me some information about your background before we talked. And I can see you've done a lot of different kinds of volunteer work and academic work. Tell us a little bit about that and how that blends into your writing life. Yeah, so my favorite type of volunteer work that I like to do is I like to go back to the schools I grew up in, like my past elementary schools, middle school, high school, and volunteer there and work with students there. um, This past year, I worked at a different elementary school in my district, and I volunteered with fourth and fifth graders, and we did difficult areas of learning, specifically in reading and writing, because that's what my passion is more geared towards. But I also think that with working with children at that age group, their imagination is like so wild, but they're old enough to know how to like write down their thoughts and stuff and able to put it on paper and being able to work with these children and be able to help them communicate their own stories that they want to do really helps me um, with my writing now because I'm able to just understand like kind of where the passion grows and what motivates people in their reading and their writing. Like 
um, what makes things interesting and what motivates people to want to keep reading onto the next line. So it's helped me a lot with in that aspect of my writing. And it's also just like filled me with a lot of love working with the children because they're so cute. And some of the things that they write about is just like the funniest stuff that I never would have thought on my own. So is there yeah. anything that you can remember that somebody wrote about? Yeah, there's around Thanksgiving. I remember there was this huge assignment that they had to do where they had to write a personal narrative from the perspective of a turkey um, for Thanksgiving. And so the kids came up with a lot of funny things about what these turkeys were doing. One of the turkeys was running away from a farmer's dog. Most of them actually ended up having their turkeys like escape and run free. Whereas I thought a lot of them were going to make the turkey end up being Thanksgiving dinner, but only I think like one or two students ended up doing that. So I thought that was really sweet that they took more of a positive route where I think now I probably would have taken more of a negative route just with my leaning towards thriller writing, but it was fun <laughs> to see where their minds went. Did any of these fictional turkeys talk? Yeah, they all talk. They talk with the other farm animals <laughs> or wood animals like wolves and deer and stuff if they escaped. It was really cute. That sounds pretty great. It would be fun mm -hmm. to read an anthology of those. Yeah, yeah, they were cute. <laughs> um, any other volunteer work that you do? And then one thing that I was wondering is how do you organize your volunteer work? Do you call and see if they're looking for volunteers? Because I know that's something a lot of times people are interested in doing and they just don't know how to get started. Yeah, I'm very fortunate that um, I'm still in contact um, with a lot of my previous teachers just because I have very good relationships with them. So for my old um, elementary school that I went to, I used to babysit for one of my teachers. So I would I texted her a couple years ago when I wanted to start volunteering there regularly. If I could come like once a week, if she needed any help and she was like, sure. So I'm very fortunate in that aspect. But I've also emailed teachers because most of my um, previous teachers have their emails open to the public. So I've asked about that. But then aside from my volunteer work within my school district, I'm in a scholars program at Ohio State where we do a lot of different volunteering. So that um, just kind of depends on like what my scholars program provides. We've done like boxing school lunches and stuff. We've done helping like organizing clothing for like huge clothing sales. We've done like different trick-or-treating events. There's a, a small committee in my scholars program that's dedicated to organizing different um, volunteer projects every every other week. So I one of my roommates was on that committee. So I was able to volunteer and do a lot of those um, events as well. And those are uh, local events for local, the community? Yeah. Yes, they're all within like the Columbus area. Most of the time we would take a bus or walk or drive to whichever venue or place that we were going to volunteer at. That sounds awesome. That's great that the mm -hmm. school has a way to organize that and help you get out there and do good stuff. I also yeah. noticed that you had other jobs. You have a lot of, of jobs. <laughs> You've done a lot of things. And I'm sure that people that are listening to this right now are thinking, wow, I mean, that was already a lot. But you and I were talking um, before we officially began about your position with LIDS. And I was just thinking that might be a fun thing to talk about. Yeah. So it, I just started working there last fall because I wanted just a job to work. Just I'm a college student. I wanted a job because I was like, I need money for groceries and stuff. So my roommate had told me that she heard of this like Ohio state, like clothing apparel place. And she was like, yeah, I heard it was like pretty fun. I guess it was like a two minute walk from where I was living. So I was like, this would be so nice if I could just 
like walk around the block and go to work. And so I applied and um, it's for Lids, which is like a huge hat company and they have different branch stores. And one of them is the Buckeye Corner. And so I worked there all school year. Um, I'm not working there this summer, but maybe I'll work there again next school year. It was fun. We got like a bunch of really cool Ohio State apparel. I would always text my friends and send them pictures and be like, oh my gosh, we got this new like shirt. It's so cute. And we would get really nice like workout sets and Nike clothes and stuff. And I really enjoyed that because game day at Ohio State is huge. So having access to like all the clothes there was very convenient for me and my friends. That sounds like fun. It also makes me think you must meet a lot of different people. And then I'm, of course, because we're writers, I'm back to the writing. And that makes me wonder, do you, what do you pull from the work experiences that feed into your writing? Yeah, honestly, I've pulled, I have met like so many people, especially because Ohio State has a good population of international students. So we get a lot of like international families that are coming to visit their children um, and stuff and just meeting people from all over, not only the world, but also the U.S. We have a lot of people from the East Coast and I know nothing about the East Coast. So like learning about culture in the East Coast has been kind of fun. Like, I don't know anything about it that much, but like people will tell me about things they do at, at home. And I'm like, that is so different from where I grew up, like in Ohio. So it's been cool to just meet all these new people working and working a retail job is a job where you really have to talk to a lot of the customers. And it's very personal where I feel like sometimes in food service where I've, what I've done previously, I didn't talk to customers as much. So this was a lot um, more fun to get way to get to know people and everything. When you were talking about different cultures and people from, you know, other places where you'd never been, is there anything that stands out in your mind of something someone told you that they did back home and you're like, oh my God, I've never done that? I remember one of my really good friends taught, he's from like Princeton, New Jersey, and we were having a conversation about how wild it was when he was growing up and learning um, about like the colonies and everything. It was all right, like in his backyard and he would like, drive down the road and know stuff that were like so historical. Whereas like for me, I didn't have like any of that. So we would go on field trips to go and see those places. So like something like that is just like so different that they had such a different life to be able to have access to that much like history and knowledge, I guess. Did you grow up in Columbus? Um, Most of my life I've lived in Columbus, but before then I lived in Florida for a really long while. Most of my family lives um, in South Florida and then I have some family in Gainesville. So we lived there for a while until my dad's um, work brought us to Columbus Elementary School is when I moved here. So what school year wise, what's ahead ahead for you? It looks like you're going to graduate a year from now. So what what do you hope to accomplish in the next year? Well, I'm going to be going into my third year of college, so my junior year, and I'm graduating, I think, a semester early. So this year, I'm starting my senior thesis, which I think I'm going to write a novel for it. I need to talk to some of my professors and figure out exactly what we want to nail down. Originally, um, I wanted to write a fiction novel that I could have ready to be able to publish. But after my my semester writing nonfiction, I've been reevaluating everything and debating if I wanted to write a nonfiction, nonfiction novel or a bunch of a collection of stories. So this summer, I'm trying to like nail down my outline for my thesis and figure out what I want to do so I can start writing it for the next year. And then hopefully have it wrapped up and finished probably a year or a year and a half from now. That sounds wonderful. Is that your main project that you're working on now? Or do you have anything else? 
Yeah, that's pretty much what I'm working on now. I, for fun, I've been writing like this fiction novel for a couple of months now, but I think I might put the brakes on that because I want to try and push myself to write more nonfiction because I think that's been helping me a lot emotionally with discovering like different styles of writing. So I've been working a little bit on my fiction novel, but I've also been beginning my outline for a potential nonfiction piece. What's the novel that you're thinking you may have to set aside? What's that about? It's crazy. It's a concept that I thought of when I was in maybe early high school or middle school. And it's not thriller or anything, but I'm hoping to incorporate some of it. It's one of those very dynamic, I would say, fantasy novels that has like all these different elements and you hopefully the dream I remember like when I was little you would open the first page and there'd be like a map and it would be like one of those types of fiction novels so it was like it's like about that and it's a bunch of stuff I won't go into all the crazy details because those types of books are very intricate but it's something that I do hope to publish one day that that's my ultimate dream is to publish that novel that sounds great something that complicated would probably require a hundred percent of your creative energy while you were yeah yeah involved in it Mm-hmm. I think it's really great that taking the, the essay, the creative nonfiction class, really inv- invigorated you and, and helped you think about things in different ways. As a writer, I think that's really important for all writers to be challenged in, in new ways. And a lot of times those challenges come from places that you don't expect. I think that's super cool. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks a lot for coming and joining us today. If people want to stay in touch with you and keep track of your writer's journey, where can they find you online? Yeah, thank you for having me. My um, Instagram is at Kaylee Burr, and I believe my Twitter is at Kaylee Bethany. Um, Those are my public socials that you can find me on. Okay, we'll be sure to include those in the show notes. Thanks again for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to our talented poets and authors. Until next time, this has been Washington Square On Air where we showcase selections from Lansing Community College's Literary Journal, The Washington Square Review, a publication featuring writers in the Great Lakes State, across the nation, and around the world. To find out more about The Washington Square Review, visit lcc.edu WSR. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed sharing. Sharing the voices of Lansing Community College. Visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. K-12 Operations at Lansing Community College is a proud collaborator of the Mason Promise Scholarship. The Mason Promise Scholarship is a community organization of volunteers that guarantees funding for two years of Lansing Community College education to selected Mason public school students. For more information on the Mason Promise Scholarship at LCC, please visit lcc.edu slash hope. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other and build family memories we will carry with us forever. The forest is closer than you think. 
Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. It's easy. Just put in your zip code to find family-friendly outdoor destinations near you. You'll also find guides to free activities, games, and amazing forest facts. Give the magic of the outdoors to your kids and reconnect with your family. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. That's discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. The Job Training Center at Lansing Community College provides two-month job training opportunities that are free to eligible participants. Training courses range from information technology to administrative assisting. For more information, visit lcc.edu slash JTC training. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Welcome to Community Convos, a podcast and radio program from LCC Connect with conversations about what's happening in Lansing and around mid-Michigan. Hey, it's Dedalian back on the combo once again. Actually joining me in the studio and the assist is uh, Mr. Production and Operations Assistant here at LCC Connect, Jeremy Robinson. Hey. And also joining us in the studio is the uh, lovely and talented host of Galaxy Forum, that is Melissa Kaplan. Hello. Uh, so glad you could come in and talk to us a little bit about what is coming up. Uh, of course, Community Combo, we are all about just uh, highlighting the things that are happening in the area. And you keep telling me the name of this, and I keep forgetting the name of this. It sounds awesome from what little I know already, but that's the point of the program, is to help people get to know what it is about. So tell me the name of this event coming up once again. It is awesome. It's called Climate Change Theater Action. Okay, Climate Change Theater Action. Automatically, I hear theater. I hear climate change. Yep. Action, I guess, means putting it into action, right? Absolutely. So is that a good description of what we're talking about? Yes, you you kind of hit all the elements. <laughs> <laughs> then it was a well-named event is what I'm saying. It is. Well-named event. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so you give me and Jeremy some sort of premise, idea. What, what What is the gist of this? So Climate Change Theater Action is a global festival that was founded in 2015. It happens every two years around the world. And it is just as you said, it is theater that brings people together around mm. climate issues. And so you build an audience by producing theater that's climate themed, and you also offer actions that people can take. And you can sign on as a producer, which I've done, I did in 2017 when I was on sabbatical, and I learned about it because I was researching different ways that artists are responding to the climate crisis. And I came across this and it was just like, wow, this is the coolest thing. And the organizers of it, the Arts and Climate Initiative, they commissioned playwrights from around the world, 50 playwrights, to each write a five-minute play on a theme for that year. And this year's theme is called All Good Things Must Begin. It's based on a journal entry of the science fiction writer Octavia Butler. And so 50 playwrights, wrote five-minute plays, and as a producer, I got access to all those plays. That's awesome. That's okay. awesome. So and, it, and you're saying all of these revolve around the climate change, right? Yes. Every single play in some way or another is uh, climate-themed. Okay. Some of them are um, 
movement based there are, some of them are comic some of them are intensely dramatic some are sad some are thought they're all a bit thought provoking i would say okay. uh, but there's you know and they're from writers from all different cultures and countries so wow. it's really an incredible mix of work that's created that a producer has access to to create an event that's awesome so when you're going through these different um, plays, what kind of sticks out to you that make you choose one? You know, I, I read all of them and I, I thought about a couple of things. So first of all, producing the event here at LCC, I'm thinking about what might our students who I wanted to be in the plays, what might they respond to and what might students and faculty respond to an audience. And I also wanted to create a, a multidisciplinary event and involve uh students and other programs in creating art um, and poetry around climate themes. I was thinking about what might make a good mix in an evening. How might a, a an evening flow? And I wanted plays from a variety of different cultures and countries. I just, hmm. you know, I wanted to really have a diverse mix. And then I just went with like, what hit me? What did I laugh at? What moved me? And that's how I whittled them down. It was not easy, <laughs> but I got down to about 15. And then I had theater professor Andy Callis read through because I wanted a theater expert. I'm a producer, but I wanted somebody with a, a director's eye to right. go through. He's like, you should do all of these. I think 15 might be too many. So <laughs> I, I picked my six uh, oh, favorite so plays. narrowed it down to six. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. So 15, I mean, but that would have been about an hour's worth of time based on what you were talking about, right? They, they kind of expand some of them into 10 minutes. Okay. And okay. there's the action piece that gets fit into this evening. So um, Explain the, the action piece because so I'm, I'm curious to know what that is. And the action can be any number of things. It could be a panel of scientists. It could be um, people going out and planting seeds. It could be a protest. It could be a list of information that we hand out to people. Here are things that you can do. What um, I'm doing is I'm, I'm collaborating with John Doudna. He's a biology professor, and he's contacting local environmental organizations and inviting them to have information tables. And so the way the evening will flow is there'll be three short plays, then there'll be some comments by me and, and John will let the audience get up and go to the room next to the theater and they'll be able to look at, you know, interact with the, the reps from environmental groups. Mm. We also have poetry that's been specifically created for this event through LCC's Community Generated Poetry Project, um, which is something that we've got to talk about. Yeah, you know, we could spend a whole episode talking about this really cool community-generated poetry project that English professor Barb Clower leads. Prompts are created around climate themes. They're sent out. Students anonymously respond, and then their words get taken by other groups of students to collage poems. So wow. those poems are going to wow. be then a graphic design class created posters for the event, and I've selected six of those posters. I'm going to create displays connecting some of the poems with the posters and so the audience will be able to look at at those too so it's a real nice mix of so the action back to the action people will be able to to learn from the environmental groups what might they do locally um or if it's uh you know if they're interested in you know more of the the public 
service, public, uh, you know, connecting with representatives and, and elected officials that will have that information too, because the um, a group called the Michigan Coalition of Science on the Ballot will have a table there too. It's an awesome idea. It's yeah. very cool. Yeah. Where are we doing it here on the campus? The Black Box. Black Box Theater. Black Box Theater, which is in Gannon Building, room 1422. And it's Friday and Saturday, December 1st and 2nd at 7.30 p.m. And there's no charge, but we'll oh. we'll pass the hat that for was my next question. Yeah, yep. theater scholarships. We've got theater scholarships, and we're always happy to have donations to support students in theater. And it sounds like you got quite a bit of students involved with the, you know, the graphic design side and everything else. Yes. And the, the, the show. So there's six shows, three alumni directors invited to direct. Each of them are directing two plays. Mm. And then the class uh, theater 120 intro to acting auditions were held there. And everyone who auditioned, who wanted to perform, got a role. So it's, all these is like 17 cast members, all theater students, one alumni. Um, the plays, there's there's two by um, Canadian playwrights. One is an Anishinaabe playwright. Um, there's a Kenyan playwright, a Brazilian playwright, and a couple from the United States. One uh, play by uh, a Detroit, Michigan playwright. And all of this is, is even going on in other cities at the same time. Is yes. that the way this works? This yeah. is It's so cool because... Climate Change Theater Action takes place every two years between usually mid-September and mid-December. And so there are dozens of events around the world that are happening. And some of them are, they might be a play performed out in a field that relates to plants that are growing. It could be as simple as a group of friends picking a play, getting together and reading it in their home mm-hmm. in an evening. Okay. Or it could be, you know, there's other colleges and mm-hmm. universities who are doing what we're doing here. They're picking a number of plays. They're creating an event. They're involving their students and faculty in the production of it. So if somebody wanted to get more information on our production specifically here at Lansing Community College, what's the best place to go? lcc.edu slash show info. Normally I wouldn't ask this, but I also want to say, like, if somebody wanted to find out more about this movement in general, where would they go? They would go to Climate Change Theater Action, and I don't remember if it's .com or .org. I should know that. Uh, I'm on good, that search, all the time. Good, good search engine Just should get you where you need to go. Search for Climate Change Theater Action, and climate you can read all about it. And you'll also see all the events that are happening this year and the events that have happened uh in the past couple of years. I do want to just mention that it it happens in the fall because that's when the UN Conference of the Parties climate meetings are held. Oh, so wow. it's, you know, there's some effort to time it with when politicians are focused on Politi- climate. Politicking? Oh. Yes, <laughs> no. absolutely. Politicking about climate. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> uh, and one way or the other, if you are listening on the radio side of this, uh, we will have this available in the podcast notes, so you can always check that out at lccconnect.org. And uh, Melissa Kaplan, thanks so much for coming in and talking to us about this. Melissa Kaplan, if you haven't checked out her show, of course, Galaxy Forum, awesome show, and so happy to have you as a part of what we do here. Thank you LCC so much. Thank thanks. you. You've been listening to Community Combos, a program from LCC Connect with conversations about what's happening in our community. To listen to this episode on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org or find us on your favorite podcast platform. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on Community Combos, 
email us, lcc-connect at lcc.edu. And thanks for joining the combo. This is WLNZ Lansing. You're listening to LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices, vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. To find out more about LCC Connect programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision.